for Disney, the greatest gift and honor is Chinese box office revenue. Hey everybody, welcome to Spoilers. My name is Pappy. A little bit more of a, an appropriate spoiler uh, this time around. I'm recording from Louisville, Colorado, and I am your host for the third Disney movie review episode we've done, uh, Mulan. We've got a jam-packed boat today. Uh, joining me, our first time special guest, new to the podcast, Dave Mello, host of Goodbye, Mellow Brick Road. Welcome, Dave. Could you please tell the audience who you are? where you're recording from, and a little bit about your podcast, which is kind of partially the reason that I found you. All right. Uh, yeah, my name is Dave. Uh, I'm recording all the way from Leicester, Massachusetts. Uh, great little nook town, about an hour from Boston. Uh, and so, yeah, my podcast is Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. It is every week a different top five subject. Uh, we've done like like Marvel characters, songs from Mamma Mia, uh, arguments about hot fruit, top five walls. And <laughs> this past week we did our, our top five fast food restaurants. It's a, it was a, it was an hour and 42 minute podcast. So that's a, that's an absolute peach, I think. <laughs> it's, it's a great show. I'm a, I'm a genuine fan of it. And I'm glad that you didn't think I was some kind of internet predator because we, we haven't really talked in real life at all. I found you on Letterboxd. We shared a couple DMs on Twitter. So I'm really glad that you came. Uh, is this your first time guesting on a pod? Have you done that before? I've appeared on the XS Press podcast, which is a Disney World-themed podcast. And I've appeared on Three Angry Nerds. Um, which is a movie podcast I used to do that uh, I don't do anymore. Well, we're glad to have you here for this. It's, I know you have the Disney background, so this seemed like a good one to have you on. But to our regular hosts, uh, the guy who hosted second most recently, unfortunately Brett wasn't able to make it tonight, but Mikey, you hosted on the Fast and Furious 6 episode. Uh, I, I was curious, do you still have your Disney Plus? Because you, you don't seem like a much of a Disney guy outside of The Mandalorian. And also, you know, where you're recording from and, and all that stuff. Yeah, Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. And I was uh, really close to canceling it. I mean, I really hadn't used it much until like this week when we decided to do Mulan. But yeah, you're right, Pat. I'm not much of a Disney guy, but watching this again, I mean, I had such a nostalgia like blast in the face. It was really great to watch it, and it looks amazing on Disney Plus. So I had a lot of fun. So I guess I'll keep it around. And yeah, uh, you're the Disney guy, so I'm gonna assume you're gonna choose more Disney movies. So I'll just keep it. Yeah, if you've seen my letterbox list of potential spoilers list, it's <laughs> ripe with Disney movies. But we talked about The Mandalorian. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our resident Star Wars expert, Kylo Ren memes, a.k.a. Corey. Uh, we DM'd a little bit. Uh, I think that you're missing the movie theater as much as I am. Oh, yeah. Um, I was curious what what's your mo at the movie theater? Like, are you are you a snacks guy? Are you a get in get out early guy? Are you are you get to the theater twenty minutes early like me and watch Mar- Marissa Menounos? Like, uh, what do you what do you like to do? Uh, it's Maria Menounos, sir. But... Oh, apolo- apologies, friend of the pod. Uh, so the, my name's Corey, also known as Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Um, I I don't really know how to categorize categorize myself in that way, Pappy. I am. Um, <laughs> I like to go to the movies a lot, at least a couple times a week. Obviously, I can't do that now with the current coronavirus situation. 
maybe by the time people are listening, that'll be all cleared up, but I doubt it. Uh, I, but, you know, I usually get there early. I see a little bit of Maria, watch some trailers, and I go to the bathroom two to three times during the movie because I drink a lot of water. And I'm sure that is starkly uh, is in contrast with you, right? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm a big hydro bro. I'm drinking <laughs> some water right now. <laughs> didn't you say you you didn't exit a movie since like the Bugs Life to go to the bathroom or something? I I hadn't peed during a movie since a Bugs Life. I think that streak was broken on a movie we spoiled. I don't remember what that was though. Probably um, the Circle. Was it the certain? No, I think it was, was Ralph it Man Breaks. Of Steel? The- no, was it Ralph Breaks the Internet? Hmm. I don't. I don't That's remember. That's a strong possibility. It was one of those. <laughs> but but Josh, I want to get to you next since you're the next most recent host from Forrest Gump. Uh, you've got kids. Have they seen Mulan? I was just curious from from that perspective. Was it a family movie or did you watch this by yourself? I you know when you first picked it, I was like, oh, this is perfect. We can watch it with the fam. And then I realized I had never seen it before. And I told Trey, so like, we should watch it as a family of three, like, tiny girls, their ages two, four, and six. But she was like, that movie actually has some really scary parts, and I don't think so. So she kind of nixed it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, this came out when I was like, I don't know, late junior high, early high school. And I think I was, quote, too cool for a Disney movie Ooh, about a girl at the time. Boo. I know. It is it's super sad. I I don't know. I was trying to play basketball and get girlfriends and this just didn't fit into my plans at the time, boys. <laughs> Dude, there's no better way to get a girlfriend than watching a Disney movie. That's Probably one of the best ways to get a girlfriend. I agree. Stevie, I thought you were going to be on the Schneid. You, your spouse loves Disney, and you're, you're probably the foremost Disney expert on our podcast. I'll, I'll cede that to you. And, and we made podcast history when we did the first episode to cover every Disney movie. Wasn't that awesome? On that podcast, Mulan landed at 16 in our, in our ranking. After this rewatch, do you think that's fair? Was it too low, too high? Too low, man. Higher. I love this movie. Whoa. Also, where are you recording from? I am recording from a little place called Elkhart, Indiana, hmm. which today in the thread, uh, we went over many things we are to be proud of from this place. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am super pumped to talk about this movie. It's awesome. Yeah, some quick behind the scenes. Uh, Corey Kylo Ren memes started to talk some shit about Elkhart, Indiana, <laughs> and the Northern Indiana boys went hard <laughs> in defending <laughs> all five cool things about <laughs> place where we were born but the man who is on the schneid jordan (laughs) we're so happy to see you you last hosted an episode back in november that was return to paradise uh i tried to think of a good jordan question i was gonna go with who's your favorite disney princess (laughs) hey pappy this is jordan uh recording from down in uh, durham north carolina um favorite disney princess is definitely jasmine but i will say that this is my first time seeing mulan and i am not a aficionado of disney movies so i can't say that my knowledge is uh great on the subject but you did see this movie so i, I do want to start with you i'll go ahead and get into it after a beautiful title sequence uh we, we set the stage here with a little quick intro jordan for someone like you who had never seen mulan can you kind of tell us like where we are when we are and how does this movie kick off uh it kicks off and there's a plot to like overtake the uh, the Great Wall of China, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know if they ever actually say its name, but uh, there's like a plot, and the hawk like steals the main guy's hat or something, 
and then there's a bunch of uh, what are those hooks called? Somebody help me. Please. Grappling hooks. Grappling hooks that come over the wall, and you see like the main bad uh, Shan Yu. He like comes over, and they are able to light the fires down the wall. Um, but Shan Yu and his men do invade China, and he is fucking pumped about it. Now all of China knows you're here. Swole. <laughs> yeah, he's a beefcake. It's been cultivating. That mass. dude is missing zero meals. <laughs> what do you think happened to that guy who lit lit that flame? Uh, his insides are probably on the outside now. <laughs> Got roasted over that fire. The beacons are lit. <laughs> China calls for aid. Are you a fan of the uh, uh, now all the China knows you're here memes, Corey? Oh, dude, those are classic. <laughs> you know what? There's a few good memes in this, actually. The girl we're fighting for, where like it, he's holding up the paper and it has just like whoever you want to insert, like fucking Carol Baskin or whoever. Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Baskin. Topical. Uh, I have a question about Sean Yu to anybody. Disney, as a multinational corporation now, tries not to alienate any potential profit center. Uh, do you think their depiction of the Huns, you, you know, ultimately become like the Mongol people, is that a racist depiction? The man has claws. He has fangs. <laughs> he has claws. He's got black eyes. He's got yellow and black eyes. <laughs> He's very gray. Gray and large. He looks like a troll or like an ogre or something. He looks like a thing <laughs> of nightmares for children. Yeah. He's scary, but he's really cool, and he's, like, extremely strong. He, like, chops the top of a tree off, and he's, like, scouting from up there. Survives an avalanche? (laughs) Yeah, he does some other human, not human uh, type abilities. He's he's pretty strong. And honestly, did he do anything wrong? (laughs) Oh, here it is. (laughs) Here we go. Classic Josh. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) What? I, I so there's a scene sipping ahead a little bit. There's a scene later where there's two messengers and and the 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 Hun army is kind of presenting themselves. And like Sean Yu's motivation is he just wants to take over the wall because the emperor built it. Challenged him. He says that wall is like a challenge to his power on the other side. Mm. So he's just you know insecure. This is why this is an American story because this is like. Your neighbor builds a fence. It's just kind of annoying. <laughs> his dog's always like poking his head through, growling at you. Like you're gonna get pissed. This is a revenge story. Someone should tell Brett if we build the wall. This is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> oh in my America, god! We're, we're, we transition into meeting uh, Pat Morita playing the Emperor uh, to Movie Club <laughs> and Chifu. Josh, can you? Do you want to talk about either of these two characters, Chifu or the Emperor? Just kind of describe their their personality. Yeah, so Chifu is actually like kind of the Jafar character in this, but he doesn't have powers and or much cunning <laughs> or like anything cool that Jafar has. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Emperor of China, I think he proves himself to be kind of like a wise guy right off the bat here. I forget exactly what he says, Pappy, but doesn't he say something? And you kind of know he's good right i think the general says we'll surround your palace and he's like no right, protect right. my people exactly yeah. so A simple grain of rice can turn the tide <laughs> I, I like this where it's not like the person in power is completely evil or incompetent 
um, it's just the whole story takes place outside of kind of his purview and this sets it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Chief Fu, that's a good description of the emperor. Chief Fu, I have a little, I don't know, some questions about him. We talked about this a lot on the Aladdin episode where like the villains all seem to be very effeminate from Scar to the, who's the bad guy in uh, great mouse detective Stevie Radigan Radigan, uh, Ursula has a certain look. This seems to be kind of the last of the effeminate, coded, not bad guys, but not good guys. You know what I mean? Incompetent guys. Wankers. Yeah, exactly. Wankers. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody wanker, Yeah, those guys. Stevie, this brings us to our first song, Honor to Us All. What's going on with Fa Mulan, and and what's life like in this small provincial Chinese town? (sighs) Well, I have a question for you too, Pap. What does Fazu do for a living? Because I feel like he's supposed to be kind of like this simple farmer, but this dude has a pretty sweet complex going on in rural China. Retired. Rice wine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he's got some kind of like military pension, I would assume. I feel like he has the nicest house out of the entire village. But Fa Mulan has a very big day ahead of her. Um, she is to meet the matchmaker, and she's to be deemed worthy to bring honor to her family. Mm-hmm. And Mulan is not ready at all. She's writing answers down on her arm. Uh, I don't think she really wants to go see the matchmaker to begin with. And then the song of um, They'll Bring Honor to Us All comes on, and the lyrics are horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean by that? It's really just about how a woman's worth is to create babies and be good looking for a man. And it's quite terrifying. It is. I, I didn't pay attention to the lyrics that much. I just kind of like the tune. That's that's pretty fucking good. Corey's just tapping stuff. <laughs> Corey's just tapping along. Good tunes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> One part that stands out for me in that song is the grandma can barely talk, but all of a sudden when she goes to sing, it's just like this beat up. It's like so beautiful. I noticed that shit too. Yeah, it was jarring, man. They also do Mulan's makeup flawless on the first try. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> How is that even possible? I also think it's cool that the voice, uh, the singing voice for Mulan is the same singing voice for Jasmine. Mm. Leah Salonga? Yes. Um, obviously, like I said, things don't go well at the matchmaker. And, and one of the things I noticed on this rewatch is this, this movie is definitely a musical, 
But almost all of the songs come within the first half of the movie. And so, like, this is just banger after banger after banger. Dave, I want to bring you into the conversation here. On Goodbye, Mellow Brick Road, you guys had a top five Disney songs. I don't think Reflection was in your list, but I think it was on your guest list. Can you can you just talk to our audience a little bit about Reflection and why it's a good Disney song, or if you think it's a good Disney song? It is a good Disney song. I, I, I love Reflection. I love I'll Make a Man Out of You. Um uh they're they're both they're great they're songs that you could just really belt out um maybe if you're on a drive or maybe if you're like going for a run those would be good motivators motivators in different ways um for sure uh (laughs) but they did not make my list uh just because they're such a glut you know disney songs there's so many so many great ones but reflection it's it's this like it's this really it's an i want song it's a it's a classic it goes right in there with part of your world and and bell and uh fucking the riffraff street rat song from aladdin it goes in with all those (laughs) and it's just really like moving lyrics powerful powerful belting melody it's a it's one of the greats and just hearing the uh the instrumental version in the trailer of the for the remake that will never be released ever um (laughs) it really gives me those goosebumps every time Pappy, you mentioned this being a musical. Is this uh, one of Katzenberg's Disney movies? So this is actually post-Katzenberg. And, and interestingly, this has like twice the budget of something like The Lion King. Lion King is about $45 million. This is closer to a $100 million budget. And the, the only reason for that is that when Jeffrey Katzenberg left and started DreamWorks SKG with Spielberg and that other guy... <laughs> uh, <laughs> He started to recruit and poach all of the best animators. So the, the cost of animation went way, mm. way, way up. And so it, like this is basically just lost money. It's just a competition factor. Um, <laughs> and I don't think Jeffrey Katzenberg would have let something stupid like uh, Mushu in on the movie. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, hey, Pap. Yeah, go ahead. I don't mean to circle back. I hate doing this, but can I read off the lyrics till you'll bring honor no, to us all? Do. I feel like I'm depriving the listening audience. I think we need to hear them. Okay, so there's some lyrics that see Sing them. a girl can br- see a girl can bring her family great honor in one way by striking a good match, and this could be the day. Men want girls with good taste, calm, obedient, who work fast paced, with good breeding and a tiny waist. You'll bring honor to us all. Beads of jade. Boy, <laughs> 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 I loved it. My fiance was singing along to this song. She loved that shit. You know, that's, that's the thing about these Disney movies, though, is I found myself, I found it with Aladdin, too, but it's like, I remember, like, every line of this movie, and it's like, of course you're not going to remember, like, the context of the words, because you remember, you're just, like, singing along with, like, even the normal talking. It's, like, so melodic and how they talk and stuff. So, I don't know. I can see how you can just, like, get lost in the music of these types of movies Mm -hmm. and that's actually what my fiance mentioned with reflection like we like listen to that song it's a very beautiful song but in the end she's like what the fuck is mulan talking about (laughs) like 
like what she doesn't see like when will my reflection show who i am inside like does, is that just like her way of saying she doesn't know how to fit in within the context of society does that mean she's really a man inside you know what i mean i, I as beautiful as the song is i don't know if the lyrics make a lot of sense this is like right after she after the army came and was like hey fa uh you have to join the army or whatever and she kind of dishonored her father i think mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know the context of how those two kind of connect and mikey what what kind of happens after the army comes there, there's a a piece of music called Mulan's Decision, which is very 80s, and I don't know if it necessarily oh fits the yeah, tone. I was mention this. Um, I, it definitely goes into like the soundtrack from Drive. There's uh, definitely a hard synth <laughs> <laughs> and like electric piano, and it's pretty awesome. It's uh, kind of just like the montage scene of Mulan stealing her father's army gear, um, like his armor and sword and stuff and kind of leaving a note, I think, and uh, chopping off her hair and stuff. And then like the music really pumps up when like the horse kicks through the door uh, of her house or whatever, through like the gate of her house or something. That's a really cool scene. And like the music is just like stands out so much in that, that like 30 seconds because it is like just since like really crazy 80s style music. Mm hmm. I could see that being some good, some good running music. Yeah, uh, it's definitely different from everything else in the movie. Yeah, uh, for sure, uh, music-wise. That yeah, that always bothered me. And like when the army is recruiting, the way Chief Fu says, "In a man's presence," <laughs> it really bothers me because it sounds like he's just spitting so much when he says that. But I, I talked about things that bother me, Dave. I want to go back to you. I. I on this rewatch in my letterbox review, I, I made a note that I I don't think I like Mushu. Where do you, as someone with a lot of Disney breadth of knowledge, Dave, and depth of knowledge, what do you think about Mushu? It feels very Disney add-on. You know what I mean? It's definitely a Disney add-on, um, for sure. I don't mind Mushu. Uh, I have fond memories of him being the host of the animation attraction back at Hollywood Studios in the day, which is no longer there. But I really, like, I think it was a, as as like kind of inessential as Mushu, like at the end of the movie, Mushu's like, "Can I get my get my wings now or whatever the hell it is?" And he's like, "Am I am I finally a spirit <laughs> animal?" And they're like, "Absolutely, you did it, man!" And like, what did he actually do? This was all Mulan's doing. He served almost no purpose. Uh, he made things worse. Yeah, he just <laughs> complicated things. Every he step. he lit the cannon. He lit the cannon. There's about eight sidekicks that come and go throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah, she's got a lot of pets. I made a note here about uh, this Eddie Murphy, though. Like uh, His performance, obviously, it's like kind of a stepping stone for Donkey. But his career arc that leads him to Mulan, it, like, it's a, kind of like a petered-out Beverly Hills cop franchise. And then he's doing like kids' movies, like The Nutty Professor or Dr. Doolittle or whatever it is. And, and but So like by this point, Sandler or Jim Carrey kind of has the comedy belt. And until Tower Heist... This is like kind of the anomaly for Eddie Murphy. This is like the one thing he's remembered for, uh, with maybe Dreamgirls being an exception along the way. But now he's in full Renaissance mode. I think like if we're gonna have Mulan like three come out, this is this is his time. That's right. There's a Mulan too. I saw that on Disney Plus. I, I mean, I didn't watch it, but you know, it's there. It is horrible. Happy. <laughs> not only is Mushu kind of Jar Jar esque, but the whole premise that he like tricks the ancestors because he puts a rock on his head. 
I'm still kind of wondering about that. <laughs> the great stone dragon. He's, he's right there. He's like 10 feet from you. It's like, that's not the real dragon, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> the Fa family was not a very intelligent family. They're easily duped <laughs> by, <laughs> by the spirit animals. I, Stevie, we... We actually did a, a little-known uh, side podcast that never went anywhere, and then some of the best content I've ever produced was just sitting on a Google Drive, and we talked a lot about Pinocchio. It'll get there. We talked about Jiminy Cricket and how mm-hmm. he, he is the center character in Pinocchio. You know what I mean? He, he is, 100%. He's the heart of the movie. He sings the song that goes on to be the... He's like the guide of the movie, too. He sings the song that goes on to be the thesis of the whole Walt Disney Corporation. Like, But somehow it's just... Mushu doesn't quite translate to that. How, how do you come down on Mushu, Stevie? Um, I like Mushu. I mean, I don't love Mushu. I'm kind of wishy-washy on Mushu. I'm kind of with you guys. He doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose in the overall kind of like arc of the movie. Um, how, yeah. How heavy is this movie without him? It's really mm-hmm. kind of dark. <laughs> That's where I kind of fall on Mushu is like he makes it more like family friendly, more of a kid's movie because without him, this is a pretty uh, dark war action movie mm-hmm. that's just animated. <laughs> so, I mean, Definitely not uh, Robin Williams as Genie, but I don't think Mushu's horrible by any stretch. Well, there's a lot of like you know unknown questions from this time in Disney. Like, what would Emperor's new groove have been if it was left to be Empire in the Sun? And a three-hour animated drama. This was developed in <laughs> Florida, away from the Disney Corporation headquarters in Los Angeles. Um, but Mushu, I guess, was insisted by Roy E. Disney, like he really wanted Mushu, and the cricket was insisted by Michael Eisner. So if anybody knows, they, <laughs> they fucking hated each other, and they're both like insisting at these like stupid side slapstick characters in the movie. Wait, who thought of the horse, though? Was that Michael Ovitz? That's got to be an Ovitz decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would guess so. Uh, but, but Mikey, you mentioned that, that they go to the camp. The camp is the real sort of center of gravity of the movie. When I think of Mulan, I think of these training sequences. Mikey, what, what stands out to you at the camp? What's the most iconic parts here? Uh, well, I think we kind of discussed it. Uh, is the music is kind of what, uh, slaps so hard in this movie for me. Um, <laughs> what, what, is, uh, what is the song? Make a man out of you. Is that what it's I'll called? make a man out of you. I'll make yeah. a man out of oh, you. Yeah. yeah. And it just has a great montage that goes along with it. And, uh, at the end, Mulan. I mean, it's like a challenge of like climbing up this really tall pole. Uh, it's Vision pole. Quest. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Vision Quest challenge to get to the top of this pole with two weights on tied to you, and then chuck this arrow. And it's uh, I don't know. It just slaps so hard, and it's got great visuals <laughs> when she chucks that arrow uh, at uh, at what's that guy's feet. Shang. Shang. I love the scene too. Can I offer a complaint though? Please. I felt like there was no in between step. I felt like they were all fucking up and sucking. That's what my wife said. And then the next scene is they're great. And I I just wanted to see the creativeness that could have been there in an in between step. And I don't know. I wanted it to go on longer too because it's a really strong sequence. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like Mulan reaching the arrow was kind of like inspirational to them, and that's when they started like picking things up. That's what I thought. Yeah, because she gets the boot like 15 seconds before she finds that (laughs) hole. Uh, 
shame shoes her off from the camp like in the middle of the night because she totally failed throughout the whole day and she couldn't keep up physically so she kind of got like kicked out it's just by like reaching the arrow is what motivates everybody like she's able to run faster and jump higher and dodge flaming arrows now just because she was able to reach the top <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned shang and I, w- I won't put anybody on the spot here but feel free to to jump in if you look at letterbox literally the top 10 literally the top 10 reviews are puns about shang being bisexual i he is I don't want to take that away from anyone who, 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 who identifies in Shang. Dave, you see it. I, I, I try to see it. I don't. Where, where do you see that coming into play? I see it in the first couple moments of I'll make a man out of you. He is so dramatic in his performance. Like he's a real, he's a real Troy Bolton out there. He is so <laughs> like, he's so into it and like passionate. And he's like, he's going full 12th night with his attraction to, uh, to this uh, soldier who is going like trying like Captain America tactics on him, basically, and but like the the the, the, the you can see there's a little moment um, there's a little moment when he um, I think it's during the song like uh, Mulan kind of messes up a little bit, but and and Li Shang like looks I think it's when a uh, the they're throwing all the rocks and then Mulan hits one of the rocks blindfolded just manages to get one of them. There's a little look that he gives Mulan that says like. Mm, okay, I'm I'm into that. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. I think I I ride for I I do believe he is uh he is a bisexual man. Also, the the group of guys in the uh, pond or whatever they really dropped the ball. I mean, she's <laughs> swimming out there naked, and they didn't notice. I mean, that's on them. They should really they're not the smartest that. gang around. Yeah. I mean, there's uh there's a couple of guys. There's Yao who is like a He's like a 45-year-old Jewish guy from New York, but it's <laughs> played by Harvey Firestein. So yes, basically yes, exactly. And then there's like the baby Huey guy, but I don't remember his name. Chimpo. I love him. And then there's Ling, who's like a used car salesman kind of. <laughs> That's a great way to characterize Ling because Chinpo is like this zend out zend out giant, and, the, and Ling is kind of the least memorable to me. But he's just kind of a scummy <laughs> guy. That's like his whole personality trait. He cut gym class, Pappy. He cut gym class. <laughs> Why was I a fool in school for cutting gym? Be a yeah. man. I love when he smashes his face, <laughs> breaks all his teeth. <laughs> so I. Like, like you mentioned, Josh, this montage is, is very quick. All of a sudden, we now have a semi-elite group of, of soldiers trained. At least 12 of them. <laughs> okay, I do have a, I have a fucking qualm about that. Mulan <laughs> says there are plenty of young men to fight in China. The whole army is fucking 25 people. On, on Shang's dad's map, there's three little battalions. And apparently a battalion is 20 people. This is motherfucking China. They have two million people in their army. There's no way. And so many of them look old. Yeah, exactly. It's sorry. That was that was a tangent. But to go back to the story, Josh, Mushu does set the the plot more in motion here. Do you remember what he does to to get the army on the battlefield? Okay, let me see what you got. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. That's great, except you forgot. And since we're out of potpourri, perhaps you wouldn't mind bringing up some. Hello! 
This is the army. Make it sound more urgent, please. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. So, what's the name? The Jafar-esque sidekick, Chifu. Chifu, the most trusted advisor, Chifu. He's like, <laughs> he's got his ledger, and he's like, nope, we we aren't going to go to the general because the general hasn't sent for us, and you suck, and your army sucks, so we're just going to hang out. And so he he makes like a giant puppet <laughs> and he fakes that he's like a messenger and delivers a fake message from the quote general that says, we need your help pronto. And I guess people were asking what Mushu does in the movie. And he endangers Mulan is what he yeah. does. He sends all these boys to die is what he does. <laughs> Why does he do this? I don't understand. Can you not have Anna just sitting at camp away from war? She, Mulan was just supposed to be like a body to replace her dad, and they're doing that at the camp, safe away from all fighting. That's a really good point. <laughs> we didn't talk about the dad too much, but Mulan goes in place of her dad because he's old. He's seems like he's already served in a war or two in his day. He can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you think they would have had this guy like pushing paper? Well, he had Tommy John surgery. <laughs> they're not sending this dude to the front lines is all i'm saying i love the part with the dad i don't know if we want to get into it yet pappy but i feel like there's almost a ot star wars-esque feeling with him like they're like oh you're his son like they're mm -hmm. pretty big deals and they've heard of this guy before and there's a quick moment before he like shows his achilles heel or whatever when he's practicing but is he a badass? I would love to know more of his backstory. They say something effective. Oh, I didn't know he had a son, and Chifu's like, yeah, because his son's a fucking lunatic. That's why he kept it secret. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I do get the sense. I have that same complaint, is that I don't know why Mulan thinks she's actually saving her dad's life. There's no fucking way they're going to send that like old military guy on his pension to the front lines. And he'd be much more useful at motivating these troops and training them than Mulan is. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a sad complaint. Stevie, we get our next song here. Like I said, we now have an elite group of, of soldiers who are fighting. What do you think <laughs> of A Girl Worth Fighting For? You mentioned the problematic <laughs> lyrics early. What, what did you think about this song? <laughs> Um, this to me is like the filler song of the movie that just kind of got us from one place to another without like having a weird transition. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a superficial song. It's probably my least favorite song of the whole movie. Um, it's just another chance for them to drop a hard pronoun. They're like, make a man out of you. Make a girl worth fighting for uh we're gonna just drag now i feel like a man but i am a girl like that's this whole movie i need a woman who cooks <laughs> <laughs> so binary i think it's uh, to show that Yuan is uncomfortable because she has no idea how to relate to these people because they're singing about old girlfriends and stuff and Yuan is no i don't think even had a boyfriend so i don't know it's I can see why they have it. Uh, I can see why it's kind of a filler song, too. I don't know. I think it's just to make her look uncomfortable. You can guess what we have missed the most since we went off to war. What do we want?
One of the things that really bothers me in this song, too, is there's a group of uh, women picking rice, and fucking Mushu <laughs> catcalls Adam. <laughs> it's like, this is what you're adding to the goddamn story, Mushu? You're, you're catcalling at women where Jiminy Cricket's saying, when you wish upon a star? It seems, I don't know, it just seems inappropriate. And yeah, Steve, like you said, the Chin Po only wanting a woman who can cook. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but, but we get out of a, a girl worth fighting for, and it gets real dark real quick. Dave, what do they discover at the, at the end of their march? Uh, is it the avalanche? This is a torn up town. Okay. Bodies. Oh, so this is where the scrunch doll comes into play. Did that? Was that too dark for you, or what'd you think? Uh, no, I think um, I think with uh the um fucking the hunchback of Notre Dame coming out uh two years prior to this, they'd kind of. They've already gone way darker than anything in Mulan, so this is kind of this is not as bad. Um, the the whole like kind of camp just being burned is it's it is it is dark in what literally happened, like like a, like an actual like straight up massacre in a Disney movie happened. Um, yeah, it's like it's it's rough, but it's not like emotionally rough. Like for kids, I think Hunchback was way more scarring than this was. Is this Josh where you think like the line of delineation would have been between stuff you'd let your children watch and stuff you wouldn't? Ugh. Yeah, this one's hard one to explain, right? <laughs> what where, happened there? Where's the doll's mommy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then to further the plot, I guess not only is like the village just burned to the ground, and you see this doll that it had been touched on earlier, but they like look over this rise and you see where the battle had taken place and they go even like darker because now you do see bodies lying around. It is a very nice looking scene though. Like the way the red sky looks Mm -hmm. against everyone. And like, I think it was at this moment I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful looking movie, isn't it? I mean, despite the dark overtones. The big guy brings back the general's head or whatever and hands it to the sun. (laughs) He's like, oh, your dad died. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what Django, that's like Django's fat head <laughs> to Boba, too. Yeah. Do you think kids understood, Pap, when that uh, one of the Huns literally shot one of the messengers in the back? That was pretty dark. <laughs> I was a kid when I saw this, and I got that, and I thought it was awesome. Like, I thought it was badass, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's any hidden, uh, like, hint as to which one they shot? I think it was probably the guy who was like talking shit back to <laughs> Genghis Khan or whatever. Because it only takes one man to deliver a message. But Mikey, uh, the army must now press forward into the mountains. How does this battle go down? It's it's probably one of the coolest scenes of the, of the whole movie. Yeah, this is uh, not the climax, but it's pretty pretty close to the climax of the movie. Um, they're walking through the. Was it the Tun Shao Pass or something they call it? And uh, they got a, a wagon with all of the cannons in it, and Mushu's in there, and I guess he lights one off and it explodes into the sky. Why? <laughs> Fucking Mushu. So he gives away the position, and like immediately they just get a uh, hail of arrows raining down on them. And uh kind of goes sideways from there. They uh, fire some cannons, and they think they get rid of. Uh, all of the Huns in the, in the mountains, but then uh, uh, they end up uh, on like the crest of the ridge or whatever at the top, and uh, 
it's just a, a massive army and they're pressed up against the edge of a cliff so they really have nowhere else to go Speaking of, of that shot, Stevie, we talked about on the Onward episode how, how Pixar has a tendency to somehow like or sometimes flex their animation skills like the latest technology. I remember the shot of the Huns like running over the mountain. It was a big deal. That was a huge deal. Nothing like that had been done before, I think, to that scale. Not to that scale. And I remember, I mean, I think this looks cooler than uh, the Stampede and Lion King. Um I remember being in the theater as a kid, and I remember like specifically a lot of the marketing t- marketing material was um, based around like these scenes alone, and it still looks flawless to this day. And what kind of what kind of plays out here? How did how is uh, the army dispatched? Well, Sean Yu, who's on full roids at this point, like full blown roids, uh, <laughs> just starts charging down that mountain. And you have a thousand other, I mean, it looks like thousands of Huns behind him. And um, is it a budget constraint, Pap, or why are there only like seven soldiers with Shang? I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> There's at least 30 guys, and now it's only like six that fit behind this rock. Everybody else is kind of gone, right? They're dead? Yeah, but the, the Huns are going full War Eagle down the mountain. And uh, that's when Mulan decides to take one of the cannons and rush out in the middle of the, of the field. And she uh, she pretty much causes a giant avalanche with Mushu doing comedic relief behind it. They really could have played up the lack of men there and had a couple scenes of like, oh, they're going over a bridge and Mushu like burns something so the bridge falls down and kills half the men. <laughs> so, so they continue and then like... Mushu blows up something and like scars fifty guys, and they have to go like, travel. That's a secret backstory. They just ended up. Mushu was just killing guys left and right. <laughs> yeah, and so Mulan is. There's a pretty cool scene that seems to defy physics. As Mulan's falling on a horse and shooting an arrow in the air, and uh, they're able to pull her up. Uh, but she's discovered to be a man after she's injured in this battle. And Chifu again has this really strange line where she's like. She's a woman. <laughs> I just, the way he pronounces it is so weird. He, to me. Was there a scene that was cut? Because he also says something along the lines of "I knew it." I, I mean, I looked at Tanya, my fiance, at this point. I'm like, they could not make it any more obvious that Chifu hates women and just has no interest in yeah. that gender <laughs> at all. Uh, but, but like I like I mentioned, this movie is now sort of traded off musical set pieces for action set pieces, and and it goes right kind of. Back to back, uh, Mulan sees the Huns rise and that's rise off to the Forbidden City. Jordan, what, what happens here kind of in the, the second to last scene, the, the last big action set piece of the movie? Yeah, so they're having like a big celebration, uh, for Shang and like the remaining guys that, uh, Mushu didn't kill. Um, and they're having the celebration and Mulan rides in and she's like, hey, they're still around. They're in the city. Um, and there's always something kind of creepy about that huge fucking dragon thing that's <laughs> hanging out behind Shang. But eventually, uh, the hawk comes back in from uh, a couple of scenes with um, Shan Yu and steals the sword back. And it reveals that uh, Shan is up on like one of the rooftops, I guess. Um, and all of his men like burst out of the creepy dragon thing and they steal the emperor. And Josh, you were talking about this earlier that it seemed... 
I, I, how did you put it earlier? You said it, it was funny how there must have been meetings after meetings after meetings to do the character design on uh, the three sidekicks <laughs> dressed as women or something. Yeah, just like the character design and costuming of getting those like burly men of three different shapes and statures as women. And like the only payoff is that they get like three step closer to the go- guys they beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. They also just like they disappear for the rest of the movie. Like two of them just get watermelons put on their head and like bang together. So they're not dead. They're just like mildly concussed. They disappear forever. Imagine someone smashing a watermelon over your head so strongly that your head fits into it in the shape and form of the watermelon. Immediately in a concussion protocol. Oh yeah, you're going to the tent. Stevie, way back on the Coco episode, we broke down every single Disney villain death, uh, which is actually another thing I'm really proud of. Go back and listen to that. But I think we said this was one of the best Disney villain deaths. Do you remember kind of uh, how Genghis Khan or whatever his name is is dispatched here? Sean Yu? <laughs> well, you also have to kind of remember the buildup of Sean Yu and uh, Mulan fighting it out, especially when he like blows through the building, blows through the roof. Like it's kind of an intense scene. But um, I'm very happy with this villain death because they didn't fall off a cliff. Thank Christ. Thank Christ. <laughs> so many Disney villains have fallen to their deaths. It's maddening. <laughs> um, but yeah, this dude uh, gets taken for a ride. Uh, Mushu and Cricket have this giant missile of a firework waiting for him. And he is blown from building to building. And I imagine his body is disintegrated on top of a building. But just fireworks exploding. Like, when the fireworks go off, Sean Yu's blood is in there. Like, blood and flesh is flying out in the sky. It's a fantastic villain death. Can I just say, too, speaking of him and his deaths, he kind of had a fake death earlier in the snow. And his hand coming up out of the snow and reaching is like got to be designed after Shredder from Ninja Turtles. It's the same <laughs> shot punching up through there. <laughs> so classic. Which was basically the same shot from uh, 89 Batman mm-hmm. after Joker falls in Axis Chemicals. But yeah. I bet you there's ones further back, Corey, we should research. <laughs> also, uh, do you think that, that right before uh, all that, all those explosions go on, when the it's like nine people lifting the stone sculpture and using it as like a like a <laughs> a battering ram, would nine people be able to lift that? I think you need more people. Dude, that's literally the whole Chinese army lifting it. Of course they can lift it. <laughs> nine <laughs> ugly concubines lifting a giant giant thing. <laughs> One of the things that does kind of rub me the wrong way is after the emperor's been saved, he offers Mulan one of the most prestigious posts in, in all of China, and she turns it down for what, Mikey? To go spend time with her family or something? Uh, yeah, Mulan doesn't really have any foresight into uh, <laughs> uh, this huge life decision she just made. <laughs> yeah. uh, nah, I want to see my dad. like two seconds, yeah. It's like, I've been gone for like three weeks. I'm going to go back and see my dad. Just accept the job and then go back and see your dad. Uh, was all she really had to do, but she declines the job and then she goes back home. And this is honestly one of my favorite Disney moments of like all time. I, I get close to crying like every time, Stevie. I don't know about you, but this every is, like, time a tearjerker of a moment with the dad. Yeah, especially when he's just pretty much talking about like 
the proudest moment of his life is having her a having uh, her as a daughter. But do you think Mulan like instantly regretted turning down that post when Shang looks at her and just goes, "You fight well, <laughs> fight." Good. You fight good. <laughs> you fight good. <laughs> Instant regret. Like, I really shouldn't have turned down this post. But yeah, I'm with you, Mikey. Near tears every time. I thought it would When I was a kid. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I thought, I was just going to say, I thought it would have been funny if when she hugged the Emperor with the big sword in her hand, if like, she'd like accidentally like stabbed him. <laughs> 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 Look at me. I'm the Emperor now. <laughs> When I was a kid, I thought the emperor said, "You don't meet a girl like that every dynasty day," but he's saying every dynasty. <laughs> every I never like understood day. that line. Yeah, every, <laughs> every dynasty. Day. Um. Yeah, that that pretty much wraps up the movie. I, one thing I did want to note from that last scene too is that I, I I did a little bit of like side research. So fa is the Cantonese word for flower. And the dad has that like really nice analogy at the beginning after Mulan totally fucks up at the matchmaker. Uh, that, 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 that little <laughs> blossom's gonna bloom someday and when it does, it's gonna be the prettiest. The fucking cherry tree in that shot, the overhead shot showing the dad like sitting on the bench and then Mulan comes in. That is one of the most unique to Disney and one of the most like one of the most beautiful shots in the movie. But I think one of my favorite just like still frames in any Disney movie. Dave, did you, did you appreciate that final shot? Those final shots? Yeah, they were good. Um, I think, like, it's kind of, they're definitely striking, uh, the right tone, uh, to end the movie on. Uh, to me, I thought it was quite, uh, quite charming. Was it as charming as the 98 Degrees song, True to Your Heart, though, Dave? I mean, that's quite the transition <laughs> into those, into those credits, kind of. Kind of it's me. shitty. Let's just call it what it is. It's terrible. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I don't understand. You can't leave off Stevie Wonder off that path. So fun fact, one of my earliest memories of Mikey was going on a field trip, and he let me see his CD binder, and he had a Stevie Wonder CD. I'm like, man, this guy's really cool. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> Dude, I love that CD. It was, uh, the greatest hits one or whatever, yeah. Yeah, did you like the song, True to Your Heart? Uh, no, I totally forgot about this one until it kicked off, and I was like, wow, this really does not fit your, this movie at all. <laughs> at all. Really. Top enough guard. I stopped the movie immediately as soon as I heard the song. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will ever be as bad as the, uh, the Aladdin remake when it just started with, like, DJ Khaled. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, and then Disney Plus is like, do you want to watch Mulan 2? And it shows like one screenshot of it, and the animation looks so fucking shitty. I'm like, nah, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> uh, but that's that's Mulan. Uh, we did it. That's a third Disney animated uh, movie review episode. Any any final thoughts? I know we, we, we have a lot of people. We, we moved through it quick, but anything I missed or, or anything else you guys want to talk about? Pap, I have a question for you. Please. Where does Mulan falls fall for you in Disney Princess rankings? Okay, this is I, I would say as if we're gonna call her a quote unquote princess, she's argu- she is. she's arguably my favorite. She's certainly the most badass. Certainly the most um, has the most station and control over her life. But I, I would kind of turn this back on you and Dave as, as our Disney experts. I don't understand the delineation. Is this literally just a committee of people? At Disney saying this is a princess, this isn't like how is that yes. determined? That's how it, it's pretty much just any character 
who is a woman, um, unless you are uh, Lilo or a part of the Frozen franchise. I wanted Lilo to be a princess forever. That's what, based on the the theory that like Mulan is and like Pocahontas is, it's like, well, why can't Lilo be? Clearly, the criteria is that they just have to be a woman with their name in the title of the movie. Um, it's like kind of <laughs> arbitrary. Maybe it's just based on popularity. Um, and and yet here we are with Moana counts as it apparently, but Anna and Elsa get their own brand. I don't know. So what? Lilo's like the only one left out. It's like Esmeralda doesn't. Lilo's count. left out. Vanellope isn't a Disney princess. Um, trying to think of the other ones, but you're right. Esmeralda doesn't technically count. But Merida even is are, right from Pixar. Merida is. Yeah, Merida is. Um, yeah, I don't understand it. Jane from Tarzan seems to be uh, rejected, um, but sometimes they include Cusco um, arbitrarily, seemingly at random. <laughs> you Disney people are a different different breed. Uh, I was going to ask too, Dave. And Stevie, is Mulan have a big presence in the theme parks at Disney? Do you see a lot of her or pins or, or anything like that? There is some Mulan merch. Um, mostly can be found in the China Pavilion at Epcot, where you can also meet Mulan. Yes. Um, but she doesn't really have her own attraction. though. She, she also isn't a big presence in the parades either. No, not in the parades, but she does get um, a little bit of... Uh, she gets to do a little bit in Happily Ever After the Fireworks Show. She fires a rocket from the castle, and the Emperor shows up and does his flower that blooms in adversity quote, which is always a dope moment. Pat Morita shows up? Yeah, he's like, it's like right after, I think it's right after the, the love section of Happily Ever After, the Emperor says, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. And then all the explosions start happening, and there's Pirates of the Caribbean music, and Lion King music, and craziness, and bombing, and everything's on fire. Also, Pap, um, I was told, I mean, I'm not sure how true this is, but I was told by a cast member at Disney that um, you're not going to have a giant presence in the park unless that character in question had a giant box office return. Which I haven't checked the Mulan numbers. It did fairly okay, right? 300 like, million. That's fairly okay, I would say, on a $100 million budget. That's making money. It doesn't seem to have the same pop culture legacy though as the other disney renaissance films right like beauty and the beast even aladdin which he did a podcast on lion king those all got their remakes first before they came knocking to milan but any other any other final thoughts anything else we missed uh that you guys want to talk about uh the grandma has some pretty great jokes at the end uh, kind of <laughs> sexually objectifying uh the <laughs> <laughs> the commanding officer or whatever yeah. do you want to stay forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always remember cracking up so hard whenever she talks great she brings home a sword if you ask me she should have brought home a man excuse me does Famulan live here thank you Woo! Sign me up for the next war! So let's go ahead and get into our yes or no's. If this is your first episode of Spoilers, the way, the way we do this is a binary rating system. Just a yes or a no, and we'll give a little bit of final thoughts. I'm going to get my ramblings out of the way, then we'll go in the same order that we went at the top. But this is a hard yes uh, for me. Um, I, I, I'm fully aware that probably more than anybody else... On this podcast, I enjoy putting on my critical theory glasses and looking at a film and trying to break it down. But there's something about Mulan that I just don't 
really like to do that with. And I, I just want to enjoy it. And I just want to like it. And I don't want to Lindsay Ellis is filmed to death. I don't want to watch a bread tube video on why Mulan <laughs> isn't as woke as you think. I just want to enjoy it. I do, I do have some gripes with it, mostly around Mushu and, and, and somewhat, you know, tonally to that point. But to me, the first half works as a phenomenal musical the second half works really as a as an anime and action story and that way it kind of falls into my my subgenre of the smushed film where the first half is one thing and the second half is another but but it's a very solid second tier disney animation not one of their best not 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 i wouldn't even go as far as a classic but but it it definitely belongs in, in the solid animation category uh mikey we'll go to you next uh, it's uh, definitely a hard yes for me. Um, like I said at the beginning, I had such nostalgia for it, watching it again, and it looks so good on Disney Plus. So you kind of really see like all the awesome animation in it, and they do a lot of cool stuff with like all the, all of the fighting and action sequences. They look really good. Uh, but this movie reminded me a lot of uh, Princess Mononoke, and like. Um, Studio Ghibli usually makes kids movies, Disney makes kids movies, but uh, Princess Mononoke in Ghibli is like extremely violent, and Mulan is pretty violent. There's a lot of death in Mulan, and uh, I appreciated like how dark it got, and I think uh, Shun Yu is just such an awesome character. I, I really like him as a bad guy, and I think he's pretty dark, and I like his dialogue and stuff, and he's... He's really intimidating, and uh, I just like a lot of stuff about this movie. I, I think the music even slaps really hard, too, like I said, so it's a hard yes for me. Nice. Corey? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a yes for me as well. I quite like the music in this movie. I think that's the most memorable thing for me. I mean, I mean, it really comes down to that Let's Get Down to Business song. I don't know the proper title, but it's so good. And when I think of this movie, I think of that bit. And that whole scene. But the movie as a whole still holds up pretty well. And the animation is quite nice. And I think, in my opinion, this is one of the last good Disney animated movies of this era. I mean, there was some others here and there. But around this time, they were just doing like a bunch of hits. Like some of the ones we talked about. Like in the 90s with The Lion King and Aladdin and all that. I think after Mulan, there was a little bit of a decline. And... Um, I like this one. I got a lot of nostalgia for it, just like Mikey, and it's a good movie. It's a yes for me. Josh, who loves Jafar. <laughs> I don't love him, but he is a good guy. Uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting what you point out. It's not like the classic, super detailed animation, Pap, but it's so stylized, and they really kind of flaunt off the simplified style and... They even show like several really, really close up shots of like those colors and like just the simple blocky shapes. Thinking of like the bug at one point did that. But the other thing I wanted to point out as I give this a great huge yes is I'm glad Mikey brought up the grandma and how she's a great character and being funny. But I thought she provided the other like tearful moment other than like when the dad puts the sword and the medallion to the side. I thought that when Mulan took off on the horse and it's all rainy at the house and they're super sad because they know if they turn Mulan in, she'll be killed. And then if she just goes off by herself, she might be killed. And they're just like in despair. And she asked to like 
pray to the ancestors. I thought that was just like a really beautiful moment. We didn't really hit that on the pod, so I just wanted to shout back to that. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, I don't know, in Corona virus times, like kind of the way Mulan is busting out of the house free. Uh, I don't know. Something about it struck a chord, but big guest for this movie. I'm glad I finally watched it from beginning to end for the first time. Thanks, Bap. Josh, did you watch with your kids? No. Deprive them again from another movie experience. <laughs> Disney classic. But no, you're welcome. And that, that is a good call out way to, to bring it back to modern times and make sure this video or upload will never be monetized on any platform, mentioning the C <laughs> word there. Uh, Stevie, hmm. our resident Disney expert, why don't you go ahead? Um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, so happy you picked it. I got to watch it twice this past week. Um, I kind of like how you brought up how Disney and Pixar like to flex their muscles from time to time. And watching the mountain pass sequence when the Huns are charging down the hill just looks beautiful even to this day. And I, you know, kind of watching behind the scenes of how they did it and how long it took them was just a real joy to watch. So... Uh, definite, hard, solid yes on this movie. Absolutely love it. And uh, Mulan is still my number one Disney princess. Jordan. Brother. Yeah, it's a, a definite yes. Um, It's interesting. I, I don't know if it's because it's the first time that I've ever seen this, but like trying to think back, like Aladdin is this way a little bit, but I kind of overlook it because of the like nostalgia factor. But it is really jarring in places like with some like political correctness um some of the tone as far as like the death and war like mikey touched on just like general darkness but the animation is really really cool um and it it moves along at a pretty good clip too like the story is not boring or anything and i think that there's some comedic relief in there too i don't hate mushu as much as you guys all did um it it was weird to me to see donkey first and then mushu (laughs) and i had to like look up when those movies were made um but no it's 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 a really good movie a definite yes i did quite a bit of that too jordan i was like was this before aladdin or after aladdin because i'm not as like deep into the lore as stevie and pappy are so yeah it's really interesting last but not least dave You've been an absolutely fantastic guest. I can't thank you enough for staying up late, East Coast time, recording with us. A great Disney expert to have. Could you please give us a yes, some final thoughts, and and please also mention where our good listeners can listen to your fantastic pod, Goodbye, Mellow Brick Brick Road. Oh Well, thank you very much for saying that and for having me. It was an absolute joy. Uh, I will happily stay up late to talk about Disney and Mulan. It's a great time. I will give it a yes. Um, I'm not going to give it a no. Uh, that would be crazy, um, for sure. But I, I love Mulan. Uh, it's it's definitely one of the more overlooked uh, Disney Renaissance movies, but it's also the Disney movie of my birth year. So I gotta I love it for that. Um, it my, it's definitely not top tier Disney for me. I think some of the earlier Renaissance flicks will uh, take those uh, spots in the pantheon, but Mulan definitely deserves its fair share. Uh, love the score, love all the vocal performances. I have, my, I, I literally, I think in lists and ranking things, like, I have the same mind as Bill Simmons, where I literally, if there's something to rank, I will rank it. So I've, <laughs> I have so many letterbox lists, and Mulan, uh, made it onto my vocal performances list for Ming-Na Wen as Mulan. Uh, 
made it into my best quotes list, my best original song list for Reflection and I'll Make a Man Out of You. I made it to my most thought-provoking movies list. It was number 34 on my Disney list, number 11 on my 98 list, and number 7 on my Eddie Murphy list. So many lists, so many good things, but Mulan belongs on all of them. <laughs> uh, and as for the podcast, Goodbye Melbourne Road, that's available, I'm pretty sure, on all podcast platforms. It's on Overcast, Apple, uh, the Google one, um, I think Stitcher. Um, I think it's on all of them, and it, it's there's weekly episodes for the rest of time because of the quarantine where I have recorded nothing but podcasts this, these entire past three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, we're right there with you. It's funny you mentioned Bill Simmons. Goodbye, Melbourne Road. I noticed that you kind of have the same kind of Bill Simmons podcast intro where you do a little like little preamble and then you get into the the content in general, usually with the guest. Yeah, I, like I said, I really like that podcast. Check it out. Thank you. Something that we do on this podcast, though, is we play a little trivia at the end. I'm not the all-the-time host. Someone who's on this podcast will be the host next time and pick the next movie that we spoil. Dave, if you could stick around a little bit, I'd like to involve you in some capacity because we've done this game before. Oh, no. It's going to be a Mulan-based trivia, and how this is going to work, I have lots of multiple-choice questions. We're going to stick to the order, so the order will be Mikey, Corey, Josh, Stevie, Jordan. I'll ask a multiple-choice question. Uh, you, you have some lifelines. You have a strike, <laughs> a 50-50, and a pass. We've, we've done this game before. Please keep track of your, uh, of your lifelines. If you miss the question, though, Dave will have an opportunity to answer with less uh, answers on the table. If he gets it right, you have been dominated by Dave, mashed by Mello, however you want to put it. But <laughs> you are I don't know about that. <laughs> eliminated from the game. Uh, does that make sense? Any, any questions? Strike? What does that do? Uh, so two strikes, you're out. You can miss a question. So... A little, Corey. A little point of strategy: If you use your fifty-fifty and you miss it, you're basically out because Dave can Dave can get you if that makes sense. Okay. So Dave can only get us in the fifty-fifty. No. So if you get it wrong, Dave will have a chance to answer with with fewer uh, options, and if he gets it right, you're. Oh wow. Uh, Got it. Everyone in, and, and in the event that we somehow get through all twenty-seven questions, I do have a tiebreaker. At that point, at that point, <laughs> of course, you at do. That What's the last uh, lifeline? Uh, a strike, a fifty-fifty, and a pass, and you can pass a pass. As Why well. are you so confused? So, this game debuted when it was killed by Kylo. It's like your killed first. Killed by Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's been a while, right? <laughs> We're not a fan of Dominated by Dave. Dave, we'll work through it, but okay. Uh, we'll think of a better title. Mikey, I have you as first. Your first question. What was the attendance of Disneyland Paris in 2018? 10 million? 15 million? 20 million? Or 25 million? Uh, 2018 was the most recent attendance data I could get for the Disney parks. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of these. Uh, 10, 15, 20, 25. I'm going to say 10. And Mikey stands tall, doesn't use a lifeline, and fucking knocks it down. Damn. Uh, <laughs> 10 million people. Uh, so the next is Corey. Which of these American films has the highest grossing at the Chinese box office? Transformers Age of Extinction? Avengers Infinity War? The Fate of the Furious? Or Furious 7? <laughs> Um, you have lifelines. I'm gonna say 
The Transformers movie. That'll be your first strike. It was actually the fate of the Furious. Again, if the contestants could keep track of this for me, I have too much going on to do that right now. <laughs> uh, the fate of the Furious, though, is number one. So, Josh, you're next. Wait, why didn't he t- get a chance to be Dave? dominated by Dave? Yeah. Ah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Would you have guessed that, Dave? I was going to say Furious 7, <sighs> so no. Okay. Collusion. Collusion. Bullshit. <laughs> Dave never lies. Ball never lies. That's how uh, we play on the playground. Uh, Josh, you're next. What was the 2018 attendance for Shanghai Disneyland? Six million, eight million, ten million, or twelve million? Uh, ten million. That is incorrect, Dave. Six million, eight million, or twelve million? Um, I'm thinking eight million. Josh lived to see another day. It was twelve Oof. million million people. So no um, strike. So yeah, it is, no, you still get the strike. Uh, <laughs> oh, next what strike, you're out. <laughs> Wait, so what happens if you get dominated? <laughs> you're, you're out. Just you're, out. out. You're, you're done. Eliminated. What are yeah. my lifelines here besides fifty-fifty? <laughs> a pass and a strike. Can used. can Dave dominate you if you pass? No. <laughs> Dave dominates if you. <laughs> this is now a reoccurring segment on the podcast. Uh, Dave. Oh, you hate to hear that. <laughs> if you miss it, that's when Dave comes into play. So you get a strike with a caveat of Dave still might take you out. Uh, so after Josh is Stevie. Uh, what year was the People's Republic of China proclaimed? Oh my god. 1939, 1949, 1959, or 1969? Classic Disney trivia. Yeah, this is great. I never said this was Disney based. I'm happy to repeat that question. A lot of P's in there. Uh, People's Republic of China, 39, 49, 59, or 69. You do have many, many lifelines at your disposal. What happens if I pass it? It would go to Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to pass that shit. Can you say the years again? Jordan, the Pappy's Republic of China, 39, 49, 59, or 69. You can pass a pass. I'll pass it. Back to Mikey. Pappy's Republic of China, 39, 49, 59, or 69. Can you pass a passed pass? You can pass a pass, a pass, a pass. (laughs) Ooh, wow. Um... Yeah, let's let's do that. Oh. <laughs> Boys in this podcast, all world That's history, all world history majors. Back to you, Corey. Thirty nine, forty nine, fifty nine, or sixty nine for the People's Republic of China's foundation. Uh, I think I'll pass. <laughs> <gasps> Put it back to Stevie. <laughs> Don't make me Stevie. say it again, Josh. Forty nine. And he fucking steps in the corner and knocks down the three. 19. Wow. Let's go. 49. So, Stevie, back to you. Stands <laughs> passed. You have the 50 50. You have the strike. But if you use the 50 50 and you miss it, you basically punched a ticket for Dave to dominate you. <laughs> oh, my God. According to Travel China Guide, how long is the Great Wall of China in miles combined lengths across dynasties? What? <laughs> According to Travel China Guide, how long is the Great Wall of China 
total in miles combined across dynasties in segments? Is it 1,500 miles, 3,000 miles, 7,500 miles, or 13,000 miles? Jesus. Is it true you can see it from space? <laughs> That's what they tell me. Where's where's the cutoff in miles to be able to see things from space? <laughs> All right, say those again, Pep. Sorry. 1,500, 3,000, 7,500, 13,000. Let's go for the long ball, 13. <laughs> and Stevie knocks it down with his 50-50 intact. 13,000 13, miles, you guys. That's long. Jordan. A lot of dead bodies in that wall. <laughs> a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> and if your neighbor hunts. made that, you'd want to murder them afterwards. That's a huge threat. <laughs> <laughs> All of China knows you're here, Jordan. Which of the following Disney films was not honored with at least one Oscar? Dumbo, Little Mermaid, Big Hero 6, or Moana? Uh, Dumbo. Dave, Little Mermaid, Big Hero 6, or Moana? Moana. not receive an Oscar. And Jordan's been dominated by Dave! What if he's he's damned by Dave? (laughs) Damned by Dave. Dicked down by Dave. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Moana lost his Utopia Daved. for Best Animated Feature. <laughs> Dumbo won Best Original Score. Pop. Little Mermaid won for a song, and big—I think I said Big Hero Six. Yeah, uh, also won Best Animated Feature. So sorry, that's Jordan. a robbery, right, Pap? I would have given it to Moana. I'd give it to Moana I've, too. I've said on the podcast before I would have given it to Kubo before any of those actually. But um, Mikey, back up to you. Uh, China National Petroleum has the second most employees of any company in the world with how many employees? 500,000, 750,000, 1 million, or 1,300,000? Mm, let's do 50-50. <gasps> oh, man. Mother of God. <laughs> 750,000 or 1,300,000? That is a big company. Um, do seven fifty, and that's your second strike, right? No, that'd be my first. That'd be his Dave. First. There's only one answer left. Uh, is it one million three hundred thousand or one million three hundred thousand? Don't dick me, Dave. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking uh, that one million three hundred thousand is way too specific to not be the answer. Mikey just got damned by Dave. Mikey got dicked down by Dave. So who's left? We have Josh and Stevie. I'm still in the game. And Kylo. I got one wrong, though. Okay. Kylo, it's back to you then. Uh, What was the 2018 attendance for Tokyo Disneyland? (gasps) 12 million, 22 million, 32 million, or 42 million? And uh, can I do the fifty-fifty, please? Twenty-two million or thirty-two million? Thirty-two. Kylo Ren stays in the game. Thirty-two million. Josh, I believe you're next. Okay. At the height. 
of the Mongol Empire. Oh the Mongols. God. What percent of the landmass on Earth did they control? What oh, percent of the Dan world Carlin was under question. Mongol control at the height of their empire? Was it four percent, eight percent, twelve percent, or sixteen percent? Man, to get into double digits percent is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> uh, it was all water. Genghis Khan, <laughs> the Mongols. Okay, I'm just going to keep... I'm going to take my Dave chances here. And I'm going to guess 12%. Dave. Oh, Bubba. At the height of the Mongol, Mongol Empire, did they control 4% of the world? Eight percent of the world, or sixteen percent of the world? Um, I know it was a lot, so I'm gonna just stick to my gut and say sixteen. Josh got that damn Sixteen percent of the world was controlled by the Mongol Empire, the second largest empire in the history of Earth after the British Empire. That's pretty crazy if you think about it. Can I use my pass now? The British way. No, got the, dick it down, is the boy. British way. Uh, <laughs> like that Muppet Christmas Carol reference Stevie I think you're up next now uh, China leads the world in international tourists most people who travel internationally in the world are Chinese not surprisingly but in terms of visitors what is their ranking are they first in the world second in the world third in the world or fourth in the world for international tourists visiting their country Wait, so, like, people visiting China. Foreign nationals flying to China to see the Great Wall, see the Forbidden City, see the army of whatever it is. (sighs) (laughs) Was it first, second, third, or fourth? Yeah. (sighs) Obviously not right now. Let's go, let's, give me 50-50. Second or fourth? Fourth. France is first. I don't know the rest, but China is fourth. Yes! China, <laughs> China yeah. is fourth. I would have thought it would get, went the other way. Yes! Uh, so there's, there's two people left. Uh, quick quick lifeline check. Corey, what have you have left? I have already taken a strike. I've used my 50-50 and I've used my pass, so I guess... Nothing. You gotta, you gotta get them right, Steve. I got nothing too. You got nothing left. It's a straight up dog fight. Wait, Stevie, have you got no strike? Nope. Oh, so, so Stevie still has a strike to give. Um, but Corey, mm. okay, back to you. What year did Disney acquire Pixar? 1998, 2002, 2006, or 2010? After the scope of the book Disney War. Uh, which I know you're reading right now. I am reading it right now. <laughs> um, but it was later. Didn't get to that chapter. Could you say the full options again? 98, 2002, no. 2006, 2010. Who got a, a, who got a train yeah, whistle? Somebody just hit That's by a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live on train tracks. <laughs> 2006. 2006 is correct. That's the easy one. Back to Stevie. How many active personnel are in the People's Liberation Army, which is Chinese military's force? 
the military force of China? <laughs> 500,000, 1 million, <laughs> 1.5 million, or 2 million? You have a strike to give. People's Liberation Army, 500k, 1 mil, 1.5 mil, 2 mil. I think you said it on the pod, Pat. I think 2 million. I think I did say it on the pod, and that is the correct answer. Let's go! (laughs) million people. My bad. I didn't mean to ruin the integrity of trivia, but... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even hear you say that, so I would have probably got it wrong. You already gave Kylo a free out. Back to Kylo. According to The Independent... What year is it estimated that India will overtake China as the world's most populous nation? 2027, 2037, 2047, or 2057? Uh, I thought India had more than China. Uh, What's the earliest one? 2027. I'm going to go with that one. We got ourselves a dogfight, folks. 2027 is correct. Back to Stevie. What is the top grossing film in Chinese box office history? Any film. The top grossing film in Chinese box office history. Like their own or foreign? Yeah. Any any movie in China was made the most movie. You'll you'll see in the choice Avengers Endgame, Niza, Your Name, or Wolf Warrior 2. I remember we tried to spoil it. I think it was Wolf Warrior 2. We did talk about spoiling Wolf Warrior 2, and that is correct. Holy Oof. shit, boys. I wouldn't have gotten that. Two of the best trivia. Yeah, we talked about spoiling experts it. Experts on the podcast. Uh, back to Kylo. What percent of Shanghai Disney is actually owned by the Walt Disney Corporation? 33%, 43 percent, 51%, or 100%? percentage of Shanghai Disney is actually owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. I'm going to say 51%. And your winner and new host, Stevie Putman. Walt Disney only owns 43% of Shanghai Disneyland per agreements with the People's Republic of China. Stevie, you are the next host of Trivia. It's been a minute. We'll give you a second to think about it. Uh, Spoiler Man, give us some plugs. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars. And some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. And we're back. 
Stevie, what movie will we be spoiling next week? It's a movie I've always wanted to watch, but I never have. I think it's quite topical right now. Um, I think this is an early A24 movie, if I remember correctly. I kind of want to dabble into James Franco's mind and do Spring Breakers. Oh, boy. (laughs) Hey, if I get it, I get it. Welcome to Spring Break, boys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Please do listen to Dave's podcast, Goodbye Melbrick Road. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Thanks for listening, and that was Spoilers. everybody this is brett from fort wayne uh i would like to have been with you guys tonight but uh, unfortunately my computer is acting up so i had to do a call in instead uh the guys and spoilers some of them have been asking me to watch this movie for a while and i'm glad i finally did because i i really i liked it i enjoyed it um had pretty good voice work uh, cool animation um good music good soundtrack uh matthew wilder wrote some pretty good songs um you know, the history is a little iffy, but, you know, when you watch a movie that has a dragon that is Eddie Murphy, you know, you know what you're getting into when you watch it. But Eddie Murphy's character as Mushu cracked me up when he first came out and was like, who's who's threatening our family? I was like, I was dying. That was really funny. Um, I won't talk that much longer. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'd give this a yes. Uh, I'll probably watch it again sometime. I liked it that much, so... Uh, thanks for recommending it, and uh, again, sorry I couldn't be there. Uh, have a good time. See ya. You ready, Stevie? No. Give me one second. Thanks, Dave, for hanging out. I, this has been fun. Thanks for having me. You dominated so many people. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't. You weren't bothered by the dominated by Dave, really, were you? That didn't. No, I, I was more than happy to dick down a little bit tonight. <laughs> I was so excited it came into play. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too too rough. <laughs> You'd have to ask Josh that. (laughs) Alright, I got it. That was spoilers.